to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's lead pastor, Chris Starr. I want to begin at verse 14. I want to preach a message that I've entitled, actually as a question. I know the board says knowing him, but really it's a question I want to ask is, do you know him? Do you know him? What I want to do today is preach in hopes that everybody here will know Jesus. You can know him. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is probably one among many of my favorite verses in the Bible. Paul says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? None. What communion has light with darkness? None. What accord has Christ with Belial? None. Say, Pastor, wait a minute, that word's not in there. No, but it's strongly implied. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? None. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, this is great, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Therefore, on the basis of what we just read, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch what is unclean. Leave it alone, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Look at chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, on the basis of what we just read, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Can somebody say amen? Because that's a good word right there. Amen. You can be seated. Oh, you've been standing a while. Thank you for reverence to the word. So today I'm just going to preach to you from my heart. I'm going to preach to you uh, in a way that's very personal for me uh, because what I want to present to you today resonates with me. It's resonated with me my entire ministry. If I could sum up my entire ministry in one phrase, if I could be thematic, I would say that my entire ministry has revolved around this concept, that Christianity is not a religion alone. Yes, it is a religion, but it's not a religion alone. In its truest, truest authentic state, Christianity is a relationship. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that has been what has driven me for 35 years now. What I want to convey to you this morning is God is a God of personal relationship. How many of you are glad for that today? He is a God. As a matter of fact, you can know him. If I, and if I don't preach anything else, I hope you get this right out of the gate with this message. You can know him in a personal, intimate way. You can. And, and let me just add this and say this. He wants you to know him in a personal, intimate way. It's the heartbeat of God. If you are saved, Paul seems to tell us this, if you are saved, if you're right with God, then you're righteous, you're walking in the light, you're in Christ, you're a believer, and consequently, you are the temple or the dwelling place of God. In other words, God lives inside of you. He's not just the God of church on Sunday morning. He's inside of you, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
When you get up in the morning, He's there. When you go to bed at night, He's there. And He wants to do more than save you. He wants to do more than live inside of you. Those two things alone are fantastic. But He wants to take it a step further. He wants to walk in fellowship and communion with you daily. Not just Sunday, but every day. God will never be satisfied with being your Sunday-only God. If you're trying to make Him your Sunday-only God, it's not going to work with Him. That's not how He operates. He wants to be your God all the time. God will not be content with being your foxhole God. It's interesting, today's Veterans Day, and veterans, of course, are people who serve in the, in the armed branches and armed services, the branches of armed services. And if you're in the army or, or maybe the Marines and you're in war, you dig a foxhole and you get in that foxhole. And when the artillery shells start falling and the bullets start whizzing by, then you uh, may be an atheist, but you find Jesus real fast. And you'll pray through, and you're asking God for help. It's amazing how much you'll cry out to God. Now you say, well, isn't that a good thing? Yeah, but the problem is when the battle's over and you've made it through and you come out of the foxhole, a lot of times then you go back to being the reprobate you were before. So oftentimes we have a foxhole mentality with God that I really don't talk to him much, but now when I get in trouble, I expect him to be there. But that's not going to be enough for God. God wants to be close to you every day of your life. And I can give you a biblical example. All you have to do is go to Genesis, the first few chapters, God creates man, creates Adam and Eve, places them in this garden, puts them to work, and every day they work, they do their job, they come home, they spend time together. But then the Bible says that in the cool of the evening, God would come in and say, can we hang out for a while? Let's talk. How was your day? What did you do today? How was work? Good. What's happening with y'all? Y'all's relationship good? When you all going to give me babies? I don't know that the Lord said that. Maybe he did. That's just a papaw coming out of me. And you see there that the, the law of firsts says that whatever happens first in the Bible sets this precedent. And so we have a law of first here that says when God created us, he created us to go in and do life and have fun and get married, go get your education, get a degree, go to college, get, get a job, get a career, do all those things, have babies, but you got to make sure that there's a place there for God in all of it every day. I have embraced as a role model for myself a guy named Enoch. Now, so I'm being very honest here, very transparent. Uh, Enoch was a guy in Genesis, and Genesis 5.24 says this, Enoch walked with God. That's his commentary. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That's his life. Enoch walked with God. And I have made up my mind, and this is very true. Uh, I, I do this when I'm praying. I got up this morning at 33 degrees and walked my two miles and prayed this morning. And as I was talking to the Lord, I talked about Enoch. I said, God, I'm so glad that I can have communion and fellowship with you. And, Lord, I just want to be like Enoch. I just want to walk with you every day and have fellowship with you. And then, Lord, whether I die or the rapture takes place and you come back, I want you to take me out of here and I want to go home to be with you. That's my, that's my heart's desire. It's what I ask for, and that's how I try to live every day. My dad used to preach on Enoch, and he said that Enoch would walk with God, and that one day they were walking, and they walked a little bit further than they normally did, and God looked at Enoch and said, you know, you're closer to my house, and you are yours. Why don't you just go home with me today? 
there they went. And I don't know if that's the way it happened, but it preaches good. And I think that might have been what happened. And that's what I want. I just want to walk with God until that day comes where he said, you know, let's just go to my house. And I'm going to say, let's go. Because I understand you have a place prepared for me there. I sure would like to check it out. I just want to walk in relationship with him. Now, let's go back to our text. Y'all want to go deep a little bit? Let me give you something meaty here. If you're taking notes, this will be good. According to our text, God can relate to you in a variety of ways, and God will relate to you in a variety of ways. Let me take you in the text. God spoke and said, this is what God said, I will dwell in them. That's wonderful. So what does that mean? Fundamentally, he must relate to you spiritually. He's got to live inside of you. The Bible says that he who is one with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So when God saves you, he comes inside of you, and he joins the Holy Spirit with your spirit, and he dwells in your heart. So that's sort of base level. He has to relate to you spiritually. But then he said, I will walk among them. That gives the idea that wherever I'm going, God's there. So that means that God wants to relate to you holistically. By that, I mean that he wants to relate to you in every area of your life. He will not be content if you marginalize him or if you only give him access to certain parts of your life. So hear me. That means you need to include him in your recreational activities. You need to include him in what you do on Friday and Saturday night. You need to include him when you are out of town on business. See, Pastor, why are you pausing? Because there are some people that turn into a different person when they go out of town on business and do things they have no business doing, but then they'll come back and be on church on Sunday. And if their wife or husband knew what they were doing, they'd be in the divorce court. That's not how it works. You take Jesus with you when you go out of town on business. That's good preaching right there. I'll amen myself. So you have to relate with him spiritually. You have to relate with him holistically. He needs to be in every area of your life. And then he said, I will be their God, which means he has to relate to you authoritatively. God, I'll be your God. That means he's the one who is in charge of your life. He's the one who has the final say-so. He's more than a buddy. He's more than a coin machine that spits out blessings when you need them. He's the one that you look up to. He's the one that you obey. He's the one that you serve. He's the one that you live your life to please every day. He's the one you are accountable to. He is the one you worship and you adore. He's the one you confess your sins to when you mess up. He needs to be God. And then finally, he said, I will be a father to you. So as you're relating to him spiritually and holistically and authoritatively, God wants you to relate to him intimately. Like a father with his child. You trust him completely. You tell him everything. You break down and cry in front of him. Man, you know you can break down and and cry in front of God. There's nothing weak about a grown man crying in the presence of God. As a matter of fact, that's what makes you strong. Because, you you know, we men, we don't express our feelings much. We don't say a whole lot. But I'm going to tell you, you get in the presence of God, you can tell him how you feel. You want to get so close to God that you call him Papa God. And I remember when I first heard that, I thought somebody had blasphemed when they said it. But Romans 8.15 says that the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of adoption, causes you to cry out, Abba, Father. You know, my boys, who are now men, called me Dad or Daddy. That's what they called me. No other children called me that. I was their 
daddy. That was an intimate term. And they told me they loved them, that they loved me. And I told them that I loved them. And, and, and I told my sons when they talked to me on the phone, I said, I don't care if you're 13, 14, 15, and all your friends are around. When you hang up the phone with me, you're going to tell me you love me. I said, that's a rule. You understand? They said, yes, sir. And so every time, my, my, Jaron could have been around all his baseball buddies, but every time he got on the phone, he said, love you, Dad, and he'd hang up. To this day, both of my sons, grown men with their own children, every time they call me, before they get done, they say, I love you, Dad, and they hang up. There's an intimacy that we develop. Listen to me. That's how God wants to relate to you, that every day when you finish talking to him, you want to tell him, I love you, God. I love you so much. I love you. Maybe you're not very expressive, but you need to learn how to be expressive to God because he's your father, and he takes care of you. My heart is broken when I see so many Christians relating to God at a very superficial level when they could go deep and know him experientially. I'm trying to convey that today. If that's the whole point of my message is walk closely with him. Get close to God. Go after him. Talk to him with intimacy. I'm so glad that Jesus made it possible for me to be close to God. Because if you're not saved and you're not right with the Lord, then sin separates you from God. It eliminates any chance of a right and healthy relationship with Him. And this is why. Because the Bible describes your relationship with God as one of enmity, of war and conflict. And you can't connect with Him because you're too busy living in rebellion against Him. And so... You know, I've seen people say, well, you know, if I, but, but God will let me go to heaven. I'm like, no, he won't. Why would you want to go to heaven anyway? You're living in rebellion now. When you go to heaven, are you going to do everything he tells you to do for eternity? No. If you can't do it now, why would you want to do it then? You know, but so it's, there's no relationship there. He, he is the heavenly father. You're the wayward child. He's the righteous judge. You're the condemned convict. He's the king of kings, and you're the enemy of the crown. You don't run to him. You run away from him. You avoid him at all costs. That's what sin does. So what did God do? God came running after you, chased you down, sent his son Jesus, who robed with flesh. We're going to talk about all this here in less than two months with Christmas. God comes down here, lives a perfect life dies on the cross, pays the penalty for our sin, which is death, dies in your place, my place, died to reconcile you with God. And when you trust his saving work and you ask God to forgive you, then God responds positively and he washes you and he cleanses you and he changes you and he pulls you to himself. So instead of there being separation, now you're close to him. As a matter of fact, he becomes one with you and he adopts you as his child. Isn't that cool? You become a son of God, a daughter of God. And then he places the Holy Spirit inside of you. Can you imagine that? You were filled with sin. God takes it all out and then puts himself inside of you. What an exchange. And you're no longer enemies. He embraces you now as his own and your friends and family. You're in the friends and family plan. And when you're saved, all the barriers are removed. Hebrews 4.16 encourages us. 
Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. There aren't any barriers anymore. You can get to him. You can go in there and talk to him and fellowship with him, have relationship with him. Boldly come to the throne of grace. Why? That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. But listen, here's my challenge to you. Don't come to him for just more than handouts. For just hand, Come for more than just handouts. If you're always just coming to God saying, God, give me this, God, give me that, God, bless me this, God, I need this, God, I need that, that is minimal, selfish relationship with God. Move beyond that. Don't come seeking his hand alone. Come seeking his face. Years ago, I always prayed and had a relationship with the Lord, but years ago, God did something supernatural. I don't have time to talk about it. It's a whole testimony. But I got on fire for God. I got close to the Lord. My prayer life changed. My whole attitude changed. I think a lot of it was God preparing me to come to Anderson to plant this church. And I remember that I just got to where I wanted to spend time with Jesus and talk to Jesus. And I found this verse in the Bible, and it became revolutionary to me. It's in the Psalms. God speaks and, 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 and said, seek my face. So here's what the writer said. When you said, God, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O oh God, will I seek. In other words, the writer said, I've been so busy seeking your hand that I've missed out on this unbelievable relationship with you, but from now on I've made a decision in my heart, my desire, my passion is to seek you. I just want to know you. If you don't ever do one thing for me, it doesn't matter. I just want to know you. I want to know you as personally and up close as I can. And God changed my whole life spiritually. And I'm just trying to tell you today, you can seek his face. You can talk to him. You can share your thoughts and feelings with him. You can laugh with him. You can thank him for something good that he has given you. Sometimes you can express your frustration. And men, I know we men, we aren't very expressive. I know a lot of times we're not. I'm an expressive guy because I'm a communicator. But I know a lot of men, they just have a hard time expressing themselves. Let me just say to every man in this place, sir, when you get in your time with the Lord, you talk to him. Open up. Be vulnerable. Be transparent. This is the time. Matter of fact, spending time with Jesus and learning how to be vulnerable and transparent might help your marriage. Might help you with your relationship with your kids. You hear me? That, that's good preaching right there again. Amen, Chris. Pastor Chris, that's good preaching. I'm I'm going to amen myself on that. That's good preaching. Because when you learn how, yeah, go ahead. Give God praise. Because, guys, when we can learn how to just open up and say, say, I love you, Jesus. Learn how to say that to him. You ought to tell him he loves you. We love him because he first loved us. Man, he saved you, you old reprobate. Come on, think about it. You old heathen. God saved you. Think about what you are and what he's done for you. You ought to say, I love you, Lord. If you have a hard time telling people I love you, tell the Lord I love you. Then you'll be able to tell your wife you love her and tell your kids. Because, you know, there's some men. I knew a guy. He's a preacher now, but I knew a guy. His daddy never told him he loved him. He thought that he showed his love by putting clothes on his back and food on a table and a roof. That, that's his concept. That's stupid. That's just dumb. Okay? Now, that's good that you put a roof over, the, over his head, clothes on the table, and food on the back. But you're supposed to do that. That's your responsibility as a dad. If you're going to have children, you ought to do that. Otherwise, you're deadbeat. Oh, I'm in it now. I might as well go ahead and wade through it. You're a deadbeat dad. You're supposed to do those things. But those kids need to hear you say they love you. They look up to you. They admire you. They respect you. They're, learn they're trying to learn from you. And more things are caught than taught. 
And they need to hear their daddy say, I love you. They need to hear you tell their, their mother, I love you. Man, Pastor Chris, you are preaching today. Hallelujah. How did I get off on that? Just talk with Jesus. Laugh with him. You know there are things that are funny and God thinks. Don't you think things are funny to God because he made us where we could laugh? Like you ever looked at a giraffe? Like a giraffe takes a drink of water and it takes five minutes to get to his stomach. My mind, y'all, you're just living my body. It just. There are, you ever seen an aardvark? I mean, even the name aardvark's funny. There are things that are funny and you can laugh. I'll laugh. There are times God and I will laugh with each other. We'll laugh because I think there are things that are funny. I know God thinks they're funny. There are times I have been frustrated. There have been times I have been mad. There have been times I have just vented to God, and you know, God can handle it. But I can do that with him because I have a relationship with him. I'm just trying to tell you today, don't don't live in this shallow, quarter-inch deep relationship with God, but plumb the depths. See how deep you could go in just walking and talking with him and just being Enoch, just every day walking with him. I mean, it was just people see it. They know it. Now, I'm going to close with this last thought. The text implies that there is a positive calling in our walk with God. Then there's a negative calling as you walk with the Lord. And they're both very important. I've already talked about the positive calling. You relate to him spiritually and holistically and authoritatively and intimately daily. Okay, not just on Sunday, every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But the negative part of this is that you keep yourself from anyone and anything that would place a wedge between you and God. Paul says there are people who want to connect with you who will try to pull you away from the Lord. Avoid them. The scripture he uses is do not be unequally yoked together. Do you all know what a yoke is? And I'm not talking about an egg yoke. A yoke, the wooden yoke. Y'all seen pictures? Okay, we got John Deere's today. We have tractors. So, but there are places in, in the world they still use yokes. So it's that wooden kind of framed out thing. It has a little curved out places for the, you put it on the neck, and then there's a beam that comes underneath, and you pin it together, you, you fasten it together. By the way, there's a concept there of permanency. Y'all with me? Getting hooked up with somebody permanently where you can't get out of it, all right? And so what happens is if you have an ox, you get another ox. Two oxen are better than one ox. So you put the two oxen, you yoke them together, and they pull the plow. They pull trees out. If you cut a tree down, they can pull them out. Of the... If you got two mules, you put the, the mules together. You put a mule with a mule side by. You get a horse, you yoke it up with another horse. You go from one horsepower to two horsepower. You want two horsepower. It's a whole lot fast, twice as fast. A lot more torque. And so, but here's the thing. Never do you ever hear where you put a horse with an oxen or a mule with an oxen. That would be unequally yoked. They're the different sizes. Their necks are different. Their sizes are different. They pull different. Their legs are longer and shorter than the other. So they're, they're, they would pull different. They would not work well together. It would cause more problems 
than any good that could come out of it. And so Paul is saying, and I'm saying to you today, you don't want to be yoked with someone who's going to spend all their time trying to pull you in the opposite direction of God. You want to spend all your time, you want to be with someone who is pulling with you in God's direction. This is why, and I speak authoritatively today, it's going to come across that way, might as well take it. This is why you should not date a non-believer. Don't marry a non-believer. You'll say, well, I win them to the Lord. No, you won't. You don't. There is no evangelism dating. That's not approved. Okay? You, you say, well, I'll change them. No, you won't. They're a heathen now. They're going to be a heathen after you put the ring on your finger. I've seen people fake it. A wonderful couple that I knew. Both of them went to the altar years ago. The woman went to get saved. The other one faked it so he could marry this woman. Married her and then faked it for years. And then finally came out that he never had been saved. And their marriage was lost. Are you listening to me today? You want to find somebody that loves Jesus like you do and is pulling in Jesus' direction like you are. You need to be careful who you select as a business partner. Now, I know the world of business is broad, and there are temporary and arrangements and connections that are made that are short-term and contractual, and you're going to be through with it and you're out of it. But I'm talking about sometimes we connect with people that we're going to invest long-term as well as a lot of money, and this becomes our partner and we're doing business with. I would suggest to you that you be careful that you get somebody who has a similar value system in yours and don't get somebody who's just an unbeliever because they might run off with all your money. They might take advantage of you. They might steal from you. Okay, they may lie to you. Is that what you want? And they might try to get you to start doing business the way they do business, and the way they do business may not be God-approved. I'm just trying to help y'all. Be choosy about who you hang out with on a regular basis. Y'all need to be careful about who your friends are. I've got some people in this church that I know some people they hang out with, and I worry about them. That's right. There's some people in this church that I know who they hang out with, and I worry about them because I know how those other people behave, and I know what their value system is, and it's not the same value system that these people, I think, would want to have, and I worry about them. Y'all, sometimes you have to tell people no. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, I'm giving you permission to hurt their feelings. And tell them no. What I tell them, you don't have to tell them anything. Just say, no, I'm not going out with you today. Do that about six times. They'll quit calling you. They'll get the hint. Because down south, you know, we're not going to dare tell anybody something straight to their face. We're going to go around the bush. You ever heard a southerner tell a story? They go to California to come back around to Florida. But sometimes you just have to say to people, say, oh, look, I love you. You've been my friend a long time, but I, I'm not hanging out with you. You do things I don't do. And you won't respect what I believe. You don't have a problem doing, but I'm, I'm not doing that. I love you, but I'm not doing that. We're not going, I'm not going with you. I'm not going to the, with you to the mountains this weekend because when the stuff you want to do, we keep having to sit there feeling uncomfortable because we don't want to do that. Say, Pastor, can I talk to people that way? Yes. Yes. 
Lord, I've just done it. I've gotten in the middle of it. Paul said, you know, say, why, Pastor? Why can't? Because this is what Paul's saying to us. At a spiritual level, you have nothing in common. At a spiritual level. You are righteous. They are lawless. You have a moral law. They act like there is no moral law. You are light. They are darkness. You belong to Jesus. They belong to the devil. They don't share your values. They don't care what, about what God thinks like you do. You serve and worship Jesus. They worship and serve things other than Jesus. Let me give you an illustration that may help with this. When steam rises, it goes up. When snowflakes fall, they come down. Both are made of water, but both are going in different directions. Snow can't hang out with steam, and steam can't hang out with snow. Why? Because even though they're both made of the same basic stuff, they're not headed in the same direction. And the same is true with you and an unbelieving friend or a possible boyfriend or girlfriend or fiancé or co-worker. You're both human beings. You both live in the same city. You attend the same school or you work in the same building. But listen to me. You can't hang out with those people and be connected with them and be yoked to them because they're going in one direction while you're going in the opposite direction. You're marching to a different drumbeat. You're taking your orders from somebody named Jesus. So let me just give you this in a more positive note. So, Pastor, how do we relate then? You know, because I go to work with people that aren't saved, and you know, how do, you got family members. So, let me kind of give you a zinger. You want to connect with unbelievers to impact them for Christ. You can't help you work with them, right? You wanna you wanna connect with unbelievers every day and people in your family, and whatever, to just enough to the point where you can impact them for Christ. But when it comes to your own life, you want to connect with believers so that they will impact you for Christ. Whoever's going to impact you, impress you, mentor you, train you, influence you, you better make sure those are people that know Jesus. Okay? Life consists of output and input. Would you agree? Output and input. That's life. Output is what you say, what you do, what you create. Input is what you take in from other people. So this is why it is important that you attend church. It's critical for your spiritual health because when you're here, you're getting the right input. This is why it's good for you to get in a life group or sign up in January when we go full board with small groups. Sign up and get in that. Why? Because it is within that context with, with believing people that you can have positive input. It's why you need to come to an event like we did Friday night, worship night. I think we all left with a whole lot of positive input in our lives. That's why you come to a men's event or a women's event or a senior adult event or a youth event or a family event. This is why it's beneficial to go out to eat with other believers. Have them over to your house. Recreate with them. Do life with them. Why? Because you benefit from their input. Iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And we should be building each other up in Christ. So whoever you're going to let influence you. You say, we're younger 
and we want to really see our marriage be strong, get with some people who've been married a while and have a successful marriage. You see, I'm young in the Lord, and I'm a man, and I, I really want to you know, I really want to become a mighty man of God. What do I do? Find some men in this church that are older. They don't have to be old, but they, they can be older. And just say, I want to find those men, and I want to get with them, and I want to just spend time with them and do some things with them and just watch their life. Ladies, the same thing with you. If you just come into church and go out, you miss the input. I thank God for online, and all y'all who are watching online, I mean, a lot of you wish you could be here, and you can't. Physically, you're unable to. There are limitations because of COVID still for some of you. I understand that. You're wishing you could be here so bad. But there's some people that are watching that just chose to stay home. And that's fine. And I'm ministering to you through this camera. And I'm putting into you. But boy, if you could have just been here and rubbed shoulders and talked to your friends and your brothers and sisters in this community, believe me, you're missing out on that input. You know, if you can't be here today, I understand. But if you could have been... Don't get mad at me. I'm just saying it's my job to help you to know there's more to church than just watching it. The church is people. This is just what we do on Sunday morning. But then, this is who we are. You're my family. I had the biggest time, oh, what would it have been for Thursday night. I had a, I had a meeting. I had a budget committee meeting and we got through and there were some trucks down here I called Jaren because I knew they were getting ready for worship night he said dad we, we're done we got it he said we're a fiesta coming there were some men from the church they had come set up and, and, and they were younger than me and just good men and I went up I'd already eaten supper I went up there and just hung out ate chips and cheese dip went ahead and ordered a pollo fundido we laughed and we talked and we shared. I'll be honest, that was, that was one of the most brightest things that happened to me this week. Just hanging out with men from the church. Went hunting last night with three men from our church. One's a father and a son. None of those are men in our church and none of us killed anything. I saw some deer, but the best part of was, part was just afterwards, just standing around. We talked for a long time. Picking on each other, talking about the Lord, talking about church, just connecting. And I know I'm the pastor, and, you know, I'm the one supposed to be giving, giving, giving. But what I've learned is that's not how it works. I'm going to give because that's what I do. What I've learned is so many, so many times I have left times when I've got with you, and it was just refreshing to me. Just the input. Just refreshing. There's something about the body. Look, I love y'all, but when those grandbabies come running and grab me, and look, when that Brooksy, that little one, he's in his mama's arms and he loves his mama but I come over and he starts leaning out I want Papa shoot give that boy the world if he wants it I buy him a Mustang he's only a little over a year old that's how you feel it does something to me it does something. all grandparents say amen all y'all parents with children, there's just something about when they come up to you and grab you around the leg, say, I look you up and say, I love you, Daddy. What input? What input? Makes you want to go to work and keep working and doing what you're doing and providing and loving and taking care of them. 
And I never had girls, but I don't know how I could have sat through watching her in a tutu in a dance recital. I just don't know, but I'd, do, I'd have done it for her. Am I right? Somehow Jesus helped me to get you all to understand that while we're in this world, we're not of this world, but boy, we are in the church. We are in Christ. And there's something about when we get together, man, it does something for us that nothing else can do. When I hang out with people who really know the Lord, then inevitably they'll help me to know the Lord better. Is that it? When I hang out with people who really know the Lord, then inevitably it'll help me to know Him better. And that's what I want. I want you to stand with me, please. My question today is, do you know Him? You say, Pastor, I know Him. No, I mean, do you know Him? Are you close to Him? I want you to know Him. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Chris, I was invited. I've been coming. I don't know Him, okay? I'm not saved. I don't know Jesus. I've been coming here. I keep hearing y'all talk about it. The Lord's been dealing with me. But I think I want to know Him. I don't want to be where, like you said, where there's sin that separates me and I'm an enemy of the crown. I, don't, I want to be a child of the King. Okay, you can be. If you'll just believe the gospel and believe what he did for you. And, and when we pray, you just say, Dear Jesus, on this Sunday morning in church, please forgive me. Come into my heart. I accept you as my Savior. Please wash my sins away. Come into me. Come into my life. Save me, Jesus. He'll do it just like that. The sin will be gone and the Holy Ghost will come in and you'll be changed. You turn from your sins. That's the power of the gospel. And you'll know it. You can just start walking and living with it. For the rest of us, are you really as close to the Lord as you could be? But let's take it a step further. Are you really as close to the Lord as you want to be? Maybe we just need to say, God, warm my heart. God, I've been guilty of seeking your hand. Lord, help me to do, I'm going to do those things where I'm just seeking you. I want to be like Enoch, Lord. Pastor's got me inspired. I just want to walk with you, Lord. I'm going to live my life and do my thing that you, you know, you put me down here to do. But Lord, I'm never, always, I'm going to walk with you. You're always going to be connected in everything I do and all that I am. Help me, Lord, to walk with you. If this message has impacted you in any way, no altar call today. We're going to turn where you're standing into the altar. I want you to start praying right now. I'll lead you, but I want this place to be filled. Everybody in this place just praying, saying, God, draw me closer to you and help me to walk closer to you than I ever had before. Come on, you just, whatever this, however this message has impacted you, start talking to Jesus. Father, I thank you today for this privilege to preach this word. And I, and I know, God, that it's a, it's a good word. It's an encouraging word. I've said some challenging things. But, God, that's because we live in a world that is challenging. We live with people that are challenges. We, we face things, Lord, that would try to separate us. Paul was right. He knew what he was talking about. You inspired him that, God, there are people and things that would just, just separate us from him. That's the last thing we want, Lord, in these days and these times we live in. It's the last thing we need. God, pull us closer to you and help us to, to seek you, to go after you, Lord. If we'll draw nigh to you. You said you'll draw nigh to us. We'll take one step. You'll take two. God, help us to take that step and, and to become conscious and aware of you and pray and spend time with you and love on you and share with you, God, and be deeper in our relationship with you and closer to you than we've ever been in our life. And then, Lord, let it just transfer to our marriage and to our children and our families and, and God, our ministries and everything and all that we are. 
And God, who we are in you, and, 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 and God, that will affect everything, what we do for you. So I just thank you today. Lord, if there's somebody here who needs to be saved, save them. Somebody's watching that needs to be saved. God, as they ask you to forgive them, save them. If somebody's backslidden and wandered away, God, help them today to say, I'm sorry, God. God, I want to come back and be, I want to be the friend of God again. I want to be closer this time than I was before. And God, help them to be restored in their relationship with you. And God, what a wonderful day it is. And what a wonderful day it will be if that happens And so, Lord, we just thank you. Will you do this? Will you lift your hands and thank Jesus that he will have a relationship with you? Will you just thank him for that? Just say thank you, Jesus, for loving me that much that you want to have a relationship with me. Will you just tell him how you feel about that right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. I feel your presence. I know you're here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your presence, your spirit. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Well, can the church say amen? That's a good word today. I want you to be seated. Thank you so much. We're just going to hold you here for just a few more minutes. Man, what a good day. I, I, I just, my heart, you say, Pastor, what do you know? You do this every Sunday. My heart is just, I want everybody here to just be close to Jesus. Man, in these days, last days, and all the things that we're facing, y'all, we need to be close to Jesus. With the society we live in and all the things that we have to hear, we're bombarded on television. We're seeing things on television, and I'm embarrassed that my grandkids have to see that it become the normal thing, that for you and I, we know it's sin, it's perversion, and it's just, we're bombarded. I'm telling you, and, and, and I know that's hitting us from every side. What's going to keep me strong, keeping me strong, is just walking with Jesus every day. That's what keeps me centered. When so many people are getting, I, I got to quit preaching, but when so many other people are getting pulled like a magnet, shoop, shoop, pulled, pulled away from the Lord and pulled places they shouldn't go. Man, you keep your eyes on Jesus, just talking and walking with Jesus every day, reading your Bible, praying, just living this genuine relationship with the Lord. That keeps you centered. Nothing can move you. Y'all, he did too much for me, for me to leave him. Come on, how about you? He, he's done too much for me to me to back out on him. Go running after something else. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.